Hello and welcome to the Swansong Project podcast. My name is Ben Buddy Slack and I'm the founder of the Swansong Project. We have a charity that helps people face the end of their lives to write and record their own original songs. If you'd like to find out more about the charity and ways you might support us and our new virtual service we started offering, you can do so on our website, which is swansongproject.co.uk. You can also follow us on various social media platforms that will all be in the description to this podcast. Uh, the podcast features songwriters and we talk about music and bereavement. They share with us one of their songs. Uh, we talk a lot about how they wrote it, they share with us a songwriting tip, and they also share with us another song that's meaningful to them in some way related to bereavement. This episode features Rick Colley, also known as Howling Rick, and I hope you enjoy it. Okay, so today I'm here with Rick Colley, also known as Howling Rick from Howling Rick and the Rocketeers. How are you doing, Rick? Thanks for joining me. I'm doing good, thanks. Thanks very much for having us. Thanks very much for having us, indeed. Yeah, I'm looking forward to talking to you. So we've done, we've done a couple of gigs together over the, over the year. I remember you doing one, yeah, of, yeah. The, one of the Swan <laughs> Song fundraisers at Northern Guitars uh, last year, I think. Yeah. I also remember seeing, um, uh, seeing your poster of um, your band at Cass Corner in Doncaster. Mm. Uh, like you know years ago that sort of place so we've got paths paths keep crossing every now and again <laughs> yeah yeah it's good it's a big scene in some ways but it's also a small scene and the yeah. <laughs> you can't avoid people for too long no that's, that's it. A, it's a great place to cast car wouldn't i miss that place yeah no it was a, yeah it's a shame that's not there anymore yeah yeah um, but yeah, thanks for joining me anyway. So people who have seen this podcast before, this podcast before, we'll know we do them in three sections. First, we're going to have one of my guest songs. We'll talk a little bit about how they wrote that. Then uh, section two, we're going to share with us a songwriting tip. Uh, and then section three, we'll talk about a song that's meaningful to Rick in some way related to bereavement. Uh, so I'll ask you to introduce your song for us, please, Rick, and then we'll hear that. So the song that I've, um, I've sent you over is uh, our, the single of our last album, our first album. Um, it was called uh, Your Loving Days Are Through. Stop, stop, stop. 
Okay, great. So, so that was uh, your 11 Days of Through by Hal and Rick and the Rocketeers. Uh, yeah, it's a great song. It's a cool video as well. Yeah, it was, um, we recorded it in Sheffield, um, the video. Um, a guy, a, a friend of ours called John Slemonsek, who um, we've known for, known for a long time. He's, he does, he's a professional video maker, filmmaker now. So we're lucky enough to get sort of twist his arm. <laughs> 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 to sort of like do it for us, you know, going, oh, you know, I'll buy you some lunch as well. And <laughs> the kind of things that they have to do. Um, but yeah, we had a day in Sheffield and, um, and Johnny Hick and Claire Hick dancing on the video as well. Um, you know, a big, a big pal fest, basically. A lot, of, a lot of friends getting involved to help, help make it happen, really. Yeah, yeah, it works really nice. Like, it's really good, really, yeah. Um, what can you tell us about writing the song then? So you say that was the first single off the off the album. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's I find um, when I started doing uh, when we started doing Howling Rick, it's like something I wanted to do without realizing it was something that you could do um, really for a long time. Just writing your own songs in a in an old a style that you like that you've loved all your life. Um, I suppose a big influence on that was uh, again a local local guy. Um, you know Sam Thornton. Um, from King Zephyr. Yes. Yeah, so he's uh, he, he basically started doing King Zephyr, writing songs in an old Scar R&B fashion. And I was like, hang on a minute. I, yeah, I could do that as well, I guess. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I was like, I, I love rock and roll. Like people said to you in the past, like, write your own stuff. And, you know, you think, oh, well, you know, who won't? But then, you know, you just eventually, eventually get the, get the bug to do it. And um, yeah, so I started writing stuff like that. And one thing I was really conscious of when writing rock and roll songs is, is basically not to do the cliched stuff that you would find in those like um, them deep cuts of like 50s tunes where they just say baby a lot and talk about cars and that. Because I, um, I think the modern ear needs to sort of, needs a lot more than what maybe people needed back in the 50s. We, you know, we've had like people like, you know, Bob Dylan and stuff write amazing lyrics and stories and, and uh, you need you need um, more content in the songs um, than what maybe the original rock and roll lyrics would have would provide. You know, so you've got that's why people like Chuck Berry, who's like kind of even though he's an amazing guitarist, is people consider him a poet because his lyrics stood out far and above loads of other artists of the time. So always very conscious about making sure the content is modern, um, sort of kind of relevant, and even though it's dance music, the uh, it's rhythm and blues, so the, it's got to be, the, the actual story itself has got to be a little woeful, I guess, <laughs> as well. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, always, it's always a good um, good platform thinking about, you know, love ending and all that. It's a, it's a classic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, never show up material there, are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's interesting what you say about um, kind of, yeah, like older style music, but with um, uh, the lyrical content kind of developing over time, because yeah, you're right that lots of the with Chuck Berry's a definite exception in there, like, which yeah, is yeah. such a yeah, great lyricist. But I guess if you know, music that was primarily made for people to dance to, mm. then people might even think as much about the lyrics as someone like a Bob Dylan would. Um, 
but then there's no reason why you can't combine the two. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and how long how long was ago was that then when you first started getting into it? Right? Um, this band's been going um, five years, and like I'd maybe written the occasional bits of songs just for my for myself, you know, like I'm going to try and write a really sad song today. Or, you know, like, yeah, yeah. I, I did a little bash one time of trying to write the saddest country song I've ever heard. You know, just, <laughs> just a little, and then, but yeah, then um, then like I say, hearing people like like people close to you, like um, Sam Thornton with with uh, what he did with Zephyr, and then people like um, who I aspire, like uh, J people like JD McPherson who. Um, and who, who basically do, you know, rock and roll, but in a for in for a modern palette, I guess. Yeah, and it's a, and that's something that I really, really admire and aspire to sort of make, make the songs interesting, not just uh, rhythmically but lyrically as well, and try, yeah. and try and tell some kind of story, I guess. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a good goal to have. It's interesting, isn't that Sometimes it just takes that. You know, one person, it might be someone near to you who gives you that spark. Actually, I can write songs as well. Uh, mm. And so before that, were you playing were you playing rock and roll music just for fun? Were you playing another yeah. bands and things? Yeah, just um, cover bands, um, playing drums a lot of the time in the, in those bands. And um, that was the other thing as well. Like, um, I'd always sing from behind the drums. And uh, I don't know, I guess I guess I got a little bit sick of the um, Ringo Karen Carpenter sort of references. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I thought, no, I'm going to have to stand at the front now and try and shake that shake that stereotype off <laughs> well it's um yeah it's uh it's really good i'm really i'm really pleased it was a, some, a decision that was made and I've, I've enjoyed enjoyed writing um and creating new interesting like rock and roll songs that uh you know they're rooted in sort of like mid 50s rhythm and blues in a, in a sense but yeah just got that just got something just a little bit extra hopefully <laughs> um, for, for the modern era as well yeah <laughs> and what was that transition like going from like to I mean, being a, a drummer and your backing vocals to going full center stage and <laughs> and like and what was it like first did you take to writing the lyrics easily was it something that yeah i'm like i'm just interested when, when you you know when you first do your first original song yeah. what that experience is like and i guess going for you did you go did you go from drums to front man and do covers first or did you go straight into doing your own stuff no, I went, <laughs> I went straight in, straight into doing uh, original stuff. Um, obviously, you don't when you when you first start, you don't have enough original material, so you you throw a few covers in. Mm. But um, I'm very fortunate to have um, some good good grounded people around me, like uh, like um, Adam Richards, for example, who plays bass in the band. He'll he'll never let you get away with uh, with any slacking. So if I was like if I were having a bit of a wobble or been a bit bit nervous he'll be <laughs> he'll tell you he'll tell you just to frame yourself and, and crack on and like <laughs> so there's a yeah there's no there's no opportunity or excuses for slacking when um, when adam's around keeping keeping his eyes on you <laughs> and you've got is it some of the same band members you've got from in how and rick that were in your previous band yeah so oh, um, still go down with, with like louis 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 like we're essentially just a covers band um, playing jive and rhythm and blues and stuff so Adam was in that, um, yeah. Me, me, and Adam were um, also in X-Ray Cat Trio. Um, Nick um, fronts that, but he's also a guitarist in in Howling Rick. So we're a we're a kind of a yeah, kind of a bit of a collective. And um, you know, we we sometimes get like um, people get confused with what bands we are, <laughs> what bands like the you know the, the want to listen to, but like out of us all. But then you know. We just have to explain it clear. <laughs> yeah, it's just one of them things. It's a, it's the nature of it being a, 
there's all been in each other's bands, it gets a bit confusing, but we manage, we manage. <laughs> I guess quite handy for them, like when you first started doing your own stuff to like, you know, having a band that you that you worked with for a while, like you know you know them well and Yeah, yeah, definitely. If it was a bunch of strangers then um, it'd have been a, a lot a lot more difficult. But yeah, um yeah, having having friends, you know, not just not just bandmates, friends around me made made that, that initial start so much easier. But um yeah, yeah it's uh <laughs> I was, I've never been short of um, a little bit of uh, flannel either, so I've been able to just um, blag my way through a few situations here and there. So, you know, if, uh, <laughs> there was one time when one of the first ever gigs we had a we had a depth drummer, and um, the tune was meant to be um, sort of uh, was meant to be sort of like a, a shuffle, a sw like a swing, and um, it was just he, he came in completely straight, um, and we were like, but obviously having Adam and Nick, we're just like, we're just gonna have to, we're just gonna have to go along with this because you know you've got people watching and thinking, you know, it's the third song into the one of the first gigs we've ever done. We don't wanna go, no, no, stop, stop. We'll just yeah. <laughs> so you're just just blagging your way through certain little situations like that. <clears throat> really, uh, is, <laughs> you know, it, yeah, being a bit of a blagger has uh, helped. In <laughs> that point. Yeah, and that's something. What's great when you've got a, a band that know each other well and play together yeah. a lot. That's one of the best skills, I think, regardless of your musicianship, it's how you deal with mistakes and how you deal with weird situations. And like, <laughs> sometimes I always think that with us, like, you know, just like you can give a certain, move your head a certain way and you know exactly what you mean and you are going to go on the same, uh, yeah. <laughs> definitely, yeah. Follow the same route to make this work in whatever way it is. <laughs> and like, yeah, it only, um, only happens over time as well, that doesn't it, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can't just teach it. It's like, it's just something that you figure out over time and like, you know, when someone does this, that's where else the direction they're going to go in, or they want to do this, and yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a hidden, hidden little language, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and everyone, everyone's different as well. Like, <laughs> yeah. you, you try and do something like with some different guys or whatever, and you think, oh, we'll, yeah, we'll move on, we'll, we'll change feel in the solos, and then like, no, nobody else is doing it. No, it's just, <laughs> just me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's interesting stuff. And you said that was um, that song was from your your first album. When did the album come out? Um, so even though the band's been going. A little while. Um, the album, just the our first album, just came out last year. Um, it took took a while for me. Um, took a while for me to be happy with uh, all the all the content in there. I mean, I don't, you know, I'm sure everybody does, but like I, I must throw away like at least three times the amount of songs that I eventually put to the put to the lads. <laughs> so it's, it took for me to have an album's worth of um, like material that I was happy with each track, and you know, I, just, I guess I was being a bit. A bit precious about it, <laughs> been a bit of a diva about it, but yeah, it's, just be, us, it? <laughs> it's just taken us a long time to get a full album, but it was worth definitely worth the wait. The um, the tour we did um, last year was was dead good. We had we played in, like played at places like the Clooney in Newcastle, and um, which was like a big was a really big deal for us. And we even went over over to Europe in the beginning of this year. Um, and managed to just get back in time <laughs> before <laughs> before everything started locking its doors. Yeah, but yeah, the the whole process of so we took it around seven countries eventually. But that was like so it was really yeah it was worth the wait worth the wait doing to do the full full album and do it properly. Yeah, definitely a lot of work goes into making an album and making them and doing it right where you're happy with it and then you can do the promotion on side yeah. of it. It's really good as well. What's the album called? It's available it's for people to get online. Um, it's, uh, it's called Waiting by the Dance Floor, and um, it's uh, you can find it on Bandcamp and all that, that kind of thing. It's also you can stream it on all the usual, <laughs> all the usual places. Yeah, yeah. like Spotify. We are we are at 
having a website built at the moment and then you know when there's a bit more spare cash <laughs> talking about that'll get finished and be there and, but as it stands at the moment yeah like places like Bandcamp and all the good stuff for the DIY musicians all them sort of sites yeah good yeah. stuff so people can uh, go and check that out yeah that's the album um let's move into section two now shows this is where I asked my guests to share with us a songwriting tip that's uh might be useful to to other songwriters so uh, what would your tip be for us Rick? um I was, I was very conscious not to say any of this in the section one. <laughs> <laughs> but the, um, when I first started writing the songs um, for the band, I was like, the fir my first part of call, like I said before, I was a, a drummer, um, was uh, was rhythm. So, for example, it was like, uh, I don't know, you'd, um, I'd, I'd, you'd listen to a, a Little Richard song and you think, well, is that that straight sort of train rhythm? Or um, a Bo Diddley tune, for example, we've got one on our album. Um, called Stop Checking On Me and it was like I just want to write a song that's just got that Bo Diddley feel and mm -hmm. so I started with the rhythm and then so yeah if you if you want to want to write a song I guess write find a song that you want to write a song that it sounds like <laughs> does that make sense yeah I think <laughs> yeah, so yeah find it find, find a song that you want to you want to copy um, and then just by the nature of writing um, it ends up being different and the end product ends up being different anyway but using using a song as a, a template a starting point to try and replicate is uh, was very helpful to me to start with mm. yeah so and especially when you've got something like uh, like a Bo Diddley tune that's got such a such a recognizable rhythm um that, that two bar phrase that goes that goes through all through all the tune and what another nice thing about a Bo Diddley tune harmonically it's pretty much one or two chords <laughs> so <laughs> you don't even have to worry about a 12 bar or anything like that it's just <laughs> it's just all groove but yeah um trying to trying to copy to start with and then it just ends it ends up being different in um once you've once you've put yourself on it anyway yeah definitely i remember doing that a lot in the uh, and for me in the early days when my my musicianship wasn't at a good enough level to replicate what i wanted to replicate so i'd try and play something that sounded that's my aim was to play this song but it sounded so different because i just wasn't good enough to play that song <laughs> then uh, then so it would just yeah like a normal you you wouldn't guess what i was trying to play <laughs> so i'm like well, this could be my song now yeah yeah that was perfect <laughs> um, I'm interested though, I guess you coming from being a drummer of uh, so would you, you often do that as a, a way to you know, starting with a rhythm rather than starting with a, a melody or a lyric or and do you yeah. still do you still do that and do you do you have any like consistent things of like you choose a song that you like and then you think I'm going to go for something that's got the same groove as that or you think I'm going to do it with a similar melody or a similar lyrical theme or so um, it was a once I'd done um, a few songs and I'd got, I'd, I'd scratched all the itches. I was like, oh, I want to do a tune like a Bo Diddley tune. I want, want this to sort of a shuffle or, you know, a straight um, Eddie Cochran style one or whatever. Once I'd done about half a dozen songs, I realised I'd run out of like different grooves. <laughs> so <it was> like, <laughs> from the starting point of rhythm, um, it sort of slowly morphed into um, um, focusing on the words um, and then trying to, really make sure that like i've just said before about the the telling a story having having some what i consider more sophisticated lyrical content than what some traditional like rock and roll stuff would would have i guess um and uh, yeah so now I, I it's it's flipped around but as this like i said the starting point um five or so years ago was definitely rhythm um but yeah, next, <laughs> once you've once you've done the, the uh, you know the few different rhythms, you know, you're thinking, right? Well, okay, this I can't just do the same one again. So, but then if you when 
when you're having something where you're focusing on lyrics, then it, it informs you, informs your chords, because um, you've you've worked out the melody in your head, and and as long as stylistically it's in the in the right ballpark, it it tends or well, has so far, fingers crossed, tended to work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so you're doing a lot of that now, doing your part, what your lyrics first, and then. Yeah, it there, tends yeah. to tends to start that way, and um, and just sitting like cause I, <laughs> the, the the noises that you can hear in my ear, I don't know if you're picking up, but it's just the dogs um, running around. So over <laughs> lockdown, we were doing a lot of dog, long, long, long dog walks, and me just singing in my head, trying to figure out melodies, and then get home, get it on the guitar, and just think, all right, oh, that's weird, that goes like that, then does it? Right? <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, nice. so that's uh, that's that's the new that's the new system. Nice, sounds good. Combine it with a dog walking. What kind yeah. of dogs you got? I've got two little dashings. Dashings, nice. Yeah, so they're, they're surprisingly noisy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Cool, uh, well, let's move into section three now, shall we? This is where I ask my guests to share with us a song that's uh, meaningful for them in some way related to bereavement. And what I do here is I've got the link to the song in the description. So if you're watching or listening to this, uh, you want to go listen to the song, you can do. Uh, so what song did you choose for us, Rich? Rich? Well, I chose. Um, the the theme from Madam Butterfly. Um, I know it sounds it's not very on brand um, or anything <laughs> like that. <clears throat> but um, no, I find that like when you when you want to get sort of like when you you feel like you need to reflect on people memories with people and stuff like that. Um, I find that <laughs> opposed to what we've been talking about lyrics and everything. If I if I have a song with words that I recognise, um, it completely distracts me from what I want to be thinking about. So. Italian opera from the Romantic era is perfect. I, I can I can only really order wine in Italian, so I like listen. <laughs> I don't think they do that in that. But yeah, so when you when you want to get a bit reflective, or when I do anyway, um, things like things like Madame Butterfly and other stuff like from Camina Burana and even you know this goes against a little bit what I've just said, but I even love like uh, listening to sort of the uh, melancholic doo-wop, the uh, sort of like things like the flamingos and the platters, and they have some really beautiful songs and they just help you just take take you to one side um and just you know think really um because you know it's quite hectic sometimes isn't it yeah <laughs> and yeah. uh there's the, the 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 original song i was going to say was um was a song that my granddad uh, my mum's dad he used to he used to always sing at like family house parties and like the christmas and birthdays and things and we all just like presumed that it was just an old country song or something like that. And it might still be, I have no idea. Maybe somebody on, on the podcast might know it if I just, but like, <laughs> you just, and they just used to sing the word dust. And I just thought, oh, this must be like a, an old country song or something from the thirties and forties or, you know, and like, then like after, after he died, um, I asked mum, well, what was that song? And she, mum was like, I don't know, I just used to say dust. I couldn't tell the other words <laughs> it was saying. And like, then you, then you look, search through the internet and all the rest of it. And it's just, it's just funny because he'd be singing that song, he'd be dancing around and he always, 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 always had like loads, like more change than anyone would ever need just in his pocket. So when he was dancing around, he was just jingling around all the time um, and singing this song, Dust, that I have no idea if he made it up, if it exists or anything. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just, yeah, the um, only my granddad Jack knows. <laughs> so, yeah, so, but that was, that's a fun memory. But yeah, that's how, uh, you know, uh, some original music from his <laughs> from his own life. Various dust song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if anybody knows if this old song 
I mean, if you type in dust on the internet, you get some uh, <laughs> unusual things back that definitely not what my granddad had in mind. <laughs> but like, uh, yeah, there's an old song anywhere called Dust that anyone knows. I'd be more than grateful to find out. <laughs> say, there was other lyrics to it, but you just couldn't make them out, is that? He couldn't remember, couldn't tell or remember what he was saying. So, <laughs> so yeah, the, the thing was just him um, jangling around with all the change in his pockets. Yeah, back when we used to use cash. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, nice memories. Uh, and yeah, I agree with what you were saying at the start about the opera of like those pieces where you you can't relate to the lyrics, but like there's so much emotion in the yeah. in the delivery of it. It's um, yeah, can we pull you into some? Some different reflective places, can't they? Yeah, definitely. I I did um I did a classical music degree, so I ended up sort of uh, getting introduced to a lot of like new stuff, and I, I guess some of that some of that stuff has stuck with me over over the years. And uh, yeah, those uh, pieces like that, madam. <laughs> Basically, whenever whenever I, I end up putting stuff like this on, um, like my bandmates and, and my family just know to give me a wide berth. And just let <laughs> not talk to me for a while because I'm I'm just I'm in one of my moods and just thinking. <laughs> so just need yeah on on tour or you know you just need to be left alone. <laughs> yeah. Got a bit of Rick time and just listen to yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not very on brand, but you know you know what it is what it is. <laughs> good to have diverse influences, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, good stuff. Well, thanks a lot for joining me, Rick. I really enjoyed. Uh, oh, enjoyed really appreciate you. asking. Appreciate you asking. Yeah, and uh, you got anything coming up that you want to mention? You've got you've been, you've been quite a lot of live streams and things, haven't you? You got any coming up that you want to mention? Yeah. Um, so um, Thursday the thirtieth, that's next Thursday, I believe. At this point, yeah, Thursday the thirtieth is um, uh, we're doing a, another Howling Rick uh, live stream from Cellar Bar, and um, to make it different to last time, we're going to do a completely new set and um, with some brand new songs. Um, that's going to be on the next album um, and also we're going to do a little bit of a poll see what covers people want us to do if they've ever thought oh this band did sound good doing this um, so they're going to, people can challenge us <laughs> so, <laughs> so, just, just to make it more interesting for maybe people who are return visits <laughs> visitors to uh, the live stream that we did last time yeah so that's that's the next that's the next thing we've got coming up that we're that we're looking forward to doing and uh, then after that I'm sure. I'm sure we'll be back doing something a little bit later on in the year. <laughs> yeah, good <laughs> stuff. Chilled out. Yeah, yeah. So we're to get back towards uh, live performances, aren't we? So hopefully yeah. we'll be uh, back at some venues soon doing some performances. Uh, I'll tag all your pages and things in the description oh, where people can follow you and uh, check out the the live streams and and the album and everything. Cool. Good stuff. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Rick. Uh, appreciate your time, and hopefully I'll see you again in the near future. Yeah. You too, man. Thanks very much. Yeah, pleasure. And uh, thanks for tuning in, everyone. I'll be back with another episode soon.